Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. What we found is we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside. We were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. It's another day, another story or two. (laughs) (laughs) Always. So I am actually, we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, This is Holly. I am in Jackson Hole, Wyoming on vacation with my family, trying to unplug, trying to tune out just for a little bit um, and not, not work and not consume all the news, but it's hard not to because so much is unfolding regularly all the time. And it's, it's, it's maddening. It's crazy. And so actually right before I left for vacation, my sister uh, texted me a story, um, a girl that she had connected with on online that had a great story and she thought that we should interview her. So we're really excited to have her on today. But weeks ago, we connected with someone who is working in the local hospital in Wilmington, who had some information that Um, from her personal experience she wanted to share and we wanted our listeners to hear from both of them ASAP so we're recording on zoom again sorry guys not in the studio (laughs) just when you get used to our uh, great sound quality in the studio we go back to zoom just kidding we'll get back (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back the next week, but uh, on 106.7, we're going to continue to air on Saturdays and Saturday mornings, but for now, we just know these stories have to get out, and time is of the essence, and here's why. These two women have an extraordinary amount of courage. They had to demonstrate an extraordinary amount of courage to do what they've done, to speak out, and to take a stand for the things they knew they needed to take a stand for. And we know we're all inspired by courage. I mean, we see it happen all the time. When one of us speaks up and says, no, this this doesn't seem right. I have a question. I don't want to comply unless I understand why. Unless I understand why this is something that needs to happen. When those of us do take a stand, we are encouraging and empowering others to do the same. And the time has come for all of us to speak the truth to ask the questions, to search for the answers, and to not follow blindly. So Kristen, I know you are the one that first connected with our first guest, Heather, who is a pharmacy tech or was a pharmacy tech at the hospital in Wilmington. And you connected with her because you are a former employee, right? Of that hospital. And um, so you are in that network of medical providers in that region. And you guys connected and her story was so um, fascinating to us because of some things she was seeing internally. So I'm actually going to kick it over to you to kind of uh, introduce Heather and let her share her story. Yeah, so we um, heard from Heather actually indirectly because she had messaged Matt and Summer Buchanan, if any of y'all listened to their story, um, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago at this point, Um, and it was just interesting because she's a farm tech at this hospital to hear her perspective, and on the other side, we hear a lot of the patients and the families' testimonies, but to hear people on the inside and what they're talking about, particularly with the medication and protocol side. So I think it was really good to hear somebody um, and and to hear her point of view. So I thought it was really important to have her on. And um, without further delay and me rambling, I'll just go ahead and introduce Ms. Heather Davis, who is with us today. And we are so excited to hear from you. And we thank you for speaking out and uh, standing up for your truth. (laughs) Hey, thank you for having me. So Heather, like, tell us a little bit about your journey. Like, how long were you at working there and maybe what was your what when did things start changing and what was like your just think moment so i started um, march 30th of 2020 which is right when covid was starting to be kind of a item uh at first i didn't take it very seriously because you know to me it was just like another flu or something um 
then as time progressed, um, the treatments they were using, I noticed that we had patients dying a lot. Um, really didn't understand what was going on, still kind of in the background of everything. But then as I started like noticing the patient's charts, because we're in the charts, I see the COVID patient charts constantly because I have to dispense the medicine. Um, and one of them was remdesivir and that was a drug we had to secure track to the nurses on the floor. So we'd literally have to call them and give them a code to make sure they received the medication. Um, and as I'm doing that, I would notice that in the vaccination status that the patient would be labeled as unvaccinated. They would be unknown. And if you rolled over, it'd be as unvaccinated um, nine times out of 10. And it floored me because I, I started thinking, what's going on here? Like this, this isn't making sense. Um, the numbers are altered, something's going on. Because all they wanted to press was that everything's unvaccinated, everything's unvaccinated, the numbers are unvaccinated, that it's not that many vaccinated in here. And that's not what I was seeing. Um, Heather, can I interrupt you just a second? Ask you, so when you say that's not what you were seeing, that you were not seeing all um, unvaccinated people in that ICU or getting on remdesivir, which is for severe COVID. So how did you know this? Like, what was the thing that made you go, wait a minute, but I know that's not the truth. Because, all right, so what would happen is um, you would have to prove your vaccination. So if you came in, even if you were vaccinated, even if you had both shots, if you did not have proof that you were vaccinated, you were marked as unvaccinated, okay? And some people are going to go, well, you know, uh, how can you say that that's true? Well, for instance, for me, whenever I had to get hired for New Hanover, I had to prove if I had a flu shot or a tetanus shot. Um, and so for my tetanus shot, I had it in 2015. I'll give you an example at Pender Memorial Hospital. And I told the nurse that in employee health. And she's like, well, we can't look up Pender's records. So we have no way of telling her. I said, well, call them or whatever. I don't need another tetanus shot. I just had it in 2015. We're in 2020. Well, we can't do that. So we're going to have to give it to you again. So, and here's the thing. People are like, well, the doctors can see what you have and not have. No, they cannot. That's why we have DPC techs. Okay. We have a DPC tech on each floor. They're assigned to three different floors. And their job is to go in when you're a patient in the emergency room, in the ICU, in the seventh, eighth, ninth floor, whatever. Their job is to go in there and find out what medications you take, what shots you've had. And being that we're dealing with COVID, one would be the COVID vaccination. Okay, well, if you can't prove it, their job is to get on the phone and start finding out where you get them from. Like, okay, if you went to a private doctor that's not connected in Epic, they can call that doctor and verify it. Um, now, that's not to say that they were doing their job. I can't say if they were or they weren't, but sometimes you can't get that information. However, these people were not proven to be vaccinated or not vaccinated because they didn't have their card with them or because they didn't have it downloaded in, I guess, their email or phone like you would carry around. So they would mark them as unvaccinated, even if they were fully vaccinated. Okay, so and you had proof that there, that that was happening with some of the cases that you were getting, and then again to remind our audience that Heather would know this because working in her position, this is where you would uh, fill the uh, the prescriptions, right, Heather? For the doctor's orders, you would fill those. You have to check, kind of go behind that doctor that you know make sure that that's this is okay to give. You were noticing this in the charting, is that correct? Right. This is, I, I was in the central pharmacy. So I, we distributed drugs for the entire hospital and our out, um, our out plants of hospitals um, around us. So um, when we, when we open up a chart for, it's called a missing dose, a nurse will send you a missing dose because they can't find the medication. We open up that chart. We look for that medication. We see what time it's due. We see if we had already dispensed it and sent it up. Um, if not, we redispense that medication. Okay, and I want to remind the audience, Heather is working at the hospital where the whistleblower video came out, where the marketing uh, department is sitting with the doctor, and the doctor saying, we need to basically fudge up these numbers so that we can scare the public into getting the vaccine. Get the vaccine or you die, I think was her quote. That was the were, Okay. Yeah. So he Heather's seeing that there's a, there seems to be an, 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 a reason that the hospital doesn't wanna mark people as vaccinated. 
even if they have been. Is that right, Heather? Right. And they so want to mark them as unvaccinated to scare the public more so that they think the unvaccinated are the ones that are the sickest and dying in there. And that's not the truth. Well, and, and the thing is, to clarify too, is that like when they come in, because I can speak from experience when I was working in the ER, when you ask people and they didn't know when their last tetanus shot was, so they didn't know, even if it did, so if it didn't apply to them, it didn't really matter. I mean, I know that sounds bad, but we would just say unknown, okay? But once they get admitted, you know, you have this medication reconciliation, which you're probably very familiar with, you know, being in the pharmacy where we would have to find out, okay, now what exactly are you on? And would you not think, okay, this is where you got to think, okay, it's one thing if it's other vaccinations or other whatever, but in the middle of a pandemic with a mass vaccination program with a newer technology used with vaccines, where we really, these clinical trials aren't completed, why would they not be checking any checking all of this and, and really confirming? And they're saying that even if they've only had one vaccine or if they've been within, is it 14 days of their second vaccine, they're still considered unvaccinated anyway. So it's exactly. either unknown or unvaccinated. And so when they're showing these numbers, I think what's really hard is that, you know what? It would be nice to truly know the truth if it was all unvaccinated, but they're not being transparent. And it's not just this hospital. It's all over. And mm -hmm. it's all over the mainstream media. And it's only what people believe if that's all they're looking at. And so it's scaring everybody. And I just wish that they would just be truthful, you know? Exactly. So I'll, I'll give you a what to think moment. If you don't think about anything else, think about this. Um, an example. There are 23 immediate family members with me. So take a look at your own life, your own family. Okay, I'm referring to my parents, my children, my grandchildren, my brothers, my sisters, 23 of us. 23 of us unvaccinated. Two out of the 23 got COVID, my brother and his girlfriend. That's it. Now on my father's side, nine people that we know of got vaccinated. All nine came down with COVID. One who had comorbidities and was severely overweight died about eight weeks ago. We buried him, okay? He had the vaccine, and then a couple months later, he got COVID. Now, another relative of mine on my dad's side got vaccinated, got COVID after the vaccination, and superior health, was not overweight, no comorbidities, no diabetes, no nothing, buried them last Saturday. So there's your just think moment. 23 two out of 23 get COVID were not vaccinated and nine that got vaccinated got COVID and two died. Well, lest anyone thinks, think, hear that story, Heather, and think, well, that's weird. Why did the vaccinated, um, the, okay, yes, we're not saying causation, it, there, there's a correlation. We're not trying to say that definitively, but Heather is right in that many virologists have spoken out and said, that the vaccines would, might be effective initially against the form of COVID for which it was developed, but that as these mutated, the vaccinated would get sicker than the unvaccinated. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you that I know that's for sure true, but I can point you to very respected scientists who called this out in 2020 and said, this is how this would work. Now, what we are telling you is, is that if you do go look at go, and if you're in a population of where everyone's vaccinated, you're not the best person probably to do this. But if you've got a great portion of friends or family that are unvaccinated, just yeah, pay attention. I mean, there that she's right. There's a lot to this story that is just not making sense, and all of us could sit here and tell those stories today. We won't for the sake of time, but just pay attention. Pay attention to this. There's something about this that does not seem right. I think. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think the, the main thing we have to look at here is that there should be enough evidence and suspicions and skepticism. I've said it multiple times on both sides where there should not be a mandate or definitive for anything for either side. OK, we're not telling everybody not to get vaccinated. OK, there may be some instances where you probably would benefit and it probably is better. OK, but. It, this, it definitely should not be warranted. Mandates should not be warranted and exemptions should not be denied. You know, like this, this should, there needs to be more testing, more studies. Well, we're going to talk about exemptions tonight here in just a minute. Heather, I know for you, you just admitted you weren't vaccinated and 
that was going to put your job on the line at the hospital. But you decided early on that you had witnessed enough at the hospital that you knew what decision you needed to make. So tell us more about that. So I have a medical condition called POTS, it's posture orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Um, and I've had this condition all my life, but didn't know it. Um, so I took a flu shot to work with New Hanover last year. And within about a month to two months, I started exhibiting symptoms. Didn't know what it was. It gradually got worse. Um, I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail, but pretty much I would just about faint in the pharmacy. Um, my heart rate would stay in the 120, 130, 140s constantly, shortness of breath, um, ongoing symptoms. Um, in October, I was rushed to the emergency room. He said, I think you have a condition called POTS. He said, but I can't determine it. So you need to go to a specialist. I got a specialist in um, uh, UNC Chapel Hill and they do a tilt table test and he confirms that I have POTS and we go over my history and what changed because I was fine before I got the flu shot. And he says, Heather, you've had an adverse reaction to the flu shot. Anybody with POTS cannot be vaccinated by no vaccine. So you, you should have never got it, but you didn't know it. Um, so therefore he wrote me a note December of 2020, Heather is not to be receiving a vaccine from COVID or the corona, uh, coronavirus vaccine at the time, or the flu. I think I repeated myself on that. And so they were fine with it. And because it wasn't a mandate at that point, and then come, um, I guess it was July, they mandated that everyone had to have the COVID vaccine. Originally it was by like August the 25th. And I'm pretty sure it was August the 25th. And so they wouldn't just accept a note at that point. Now people had to get an actual exemption. You had to fill it out. Your doctor had to fill it out. It had to go before a committee with Novant and they had to decide to approve it or not approve it, okay? So my doctor does this and it gets denied the first time, okay? Then I call my doctor and tell him what's going on. He says, I don't understand that. You can't have this. So my doctor fills out the paperwork again and gets more in detail of my symptoms, what happens to me and what I'm living with daily. And I had already been on FMLA twice because of this. I had been out of work three months last year due to this shot. My life every day is, is horrible. Like one day I might be fine, the next day I might not be able to function at all. I mean, to the point of being disabled. Um, and this that's is how from the flu shot. This is just from the flu shot. You had an a proven scientifically medically documented adverse reaction to a flu shot. The doctor yep. does goes through the entire protocol to get you an exemption. It's denied, denied, denied. We're coming up on the due date for you to either get the vaccine or be fired. What happens? So um, I kept, I just, I just couldn't find myself to work there anymore, knowing what's going on, knowing what they're doing and the lies they're telling. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to work for anyone like this. Uh, even though I had already sent in my second exemption, waiting to hear from that, I hadn't heard from it yet. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I put in my resignation letter and my resignation date was September the 15th. And I get an email the day of, and it says your exemption has been approved. You're to go get fitted for your N95 testing, da, 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 da. And I was like, no, I'd rather stay at home then go in there and put up with all this and watch people die unnecessarily. Um, so yeah, it got approved in the end, but one, I didn't want the job. And two, no one there didn't come to me and, and say, hey, we really don't want you to leave. You know, your exemption has been approved because obviously the boss that's over me has to see my exemption. It gets emailed to them. And no one came to me. Why? Because I get on Facebook and I tell what I know and I tell what I see and I put the facts out there. Now, whether someone chooses to believe it, that's their choice. I'm, I'm educating. What I would tell people is, if you want to know the truth, research. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to the vaccinated or the unvaccinated. Get on there. Do your research yourself about the vaccines and stuff. Just because a doctor wants to, there are medications they want to prescribe me for my condition. But one of the medications causes renal failure. I would rather almost pass out every day than to go through dialysis. I'm sorry. Do your research no matter what it is. Amen, sister. Um, and speaking of research, one thing that I definitely wanted to bring up 
what did you notice about the change changes like in the policy and the medications that they were using for COVID patients? You know, you were using some um, medicine that people refer to as a horse dewormer, um, even though it is approved for human use, maybe not for COVID yet, although that's also subject to <laughs> um, debate, uh, but it's not fully approved. We know that. But um, you said that y'all were using ivermectin for a while and it was working like in the beginning where the doctors actually doing what they're supposed to do, practice medicine, trial and error. And then there was a shift. How did that happen? And what were you seeing and what meds were you seeing? Speaking of side effects and risk right. assessment. So originally, I can't remember what drug we start off with. Uh, I know remdesivir has been pretty much the whole time. That's one of them. Um, hydroxychloroquine was another. Then somewhere in midsummer, maybe around June, I want to say, um, they tried the ivermectin. Don't quote me on what month it was, um, but I'll throw it out there somewhere in there. And we heard nothing bad about the ivermectin. I mean, we didn't hear that the patients were dying or that it was killing them or anything. Um, next thing I know, you know, we're pulling ivermectin. We're back to remdesivir. We're back um, to a new drug. It starts with a B. The brand name is Illumiot. Then we're also using a drug called Actamra. Well, the side effects of these drugs are shortness of breath. One of the major side effects, and I want to say it's to the Actamra or either it's to the Illumiot. Um, I don't have my papers in front of me. However, the number one side effect is upper respiratory infection. Why are we given a drug that we're trying to combat against respiratory infection? Okay, how about also immune problems? It lowers your immunity. Your immune system needs to be high when you're fighting any type of virus or bacterial infection. These drugs lower your immunity. Okay, those are the two that stand out. The other thing, it causes shingles, tuberculosis. Okay, these are major people, renal failure. Okay, these people are going from the COVID unit to the dialysis floors, fighting with COVID on the dialysis floors and coding out constantly because they got two things they're combating now instead of one. It's I mean, it's, it's unreal, but again, I think the listeners can tell, Heather, obviously this was your area of expertise, but you are very conscious of risk benefit, right? Does the drug provide enough risk? I mean, provide enough benefit without too much risk, right? And what you're right. saying is you were seeing also patients have those side effects in the hospital under the use of those drugs. Right. What made you go, what are we doing and why are we pulling back and demonizing certain drugs while, um, you know, under the EUA remdesivir, you know, that's what Fauci suggested, but it has a very known history of kidney failure. I mean, the clinical trials, you can go read the clinical trials on it. It's not good, nor does it have a very high efficacy rate, apparently, right? When you look at those studies that have been done on it. So thank you, Heather, for speaking up and for sharing your you know your experience here the last thing i want to ask you because it's going to segue into our next guest when you were not vaccinated you said there became a time where co-workers began to turn on you when you were mistreated and yes. it really was like segregation can you speak to that a little bit uh absolutely so there are people that wouldn't even speak to me anymore there was actually one lady, she would go around and make a cross at you because there were like three or four of us in there that worked downstairs that were unvaccinated. And she would start like hexing at us with a, with a cross with her fingers. And um, then people would be like, well, you guys are the reason why this stuff is spreading. You're unvaccinated. You're causing it. And then other pharmacists and technicians, they just, they, you know, cut me off. They de-Facebooked me. They just wouldn't speak to me at work. I saw people being bullied because of it. They also constantly pressured us to get the vaccine and why we should get the vaccine and, you know, that we were contributing to the problem. And so, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And, and did anyone know your medical history that you actually could not get the vaccine? Oh, absolutely. They had to um, call the, the ER, like they would have to code me over the intercom. I think it happened like, it was either five to seven times in a year. So I they literally you had a medical exemption to this and yet... So they know more than you and your doctor about your own health. That's the, that's the stuff right there that will make me fight. 
Um, because, and here's the other thing, Hey, if we're going to follow the science, keep following the science, the the science has evolved and the science now shows that the vaccine can both get it and they can contract it. They can spread it. The only thing the vaccine does wake up. If you're a person who has got issues with unvaccinated people, you are ill-informed. You have not continued to follow the science. And now you're just being, some of you are just being bullies. You're being bad citizens, honestly. You think the unvaccinated are the bad citizens. You know what that doctor said? It testified before the FDA that works in the emergency rooms and checks in COVID patients every day. He said the unvaccinated were the most informed on vaccine risk benefit, the most informed. They're not stupid, redneck, Trump-loving people, okay? <laughs> They're informed about their own freaking health. And this is the thing that is now, I'm, I'm mad now because we're continuing to go on weeks and weeks and weeks. And half of America still asleep, still asleep at the wheel, thinking that, oh, if I get this vaccine, I'm gonna save America. No, you might just save yourself. You're not saving anyone else. That is what the science now shows. Hey, well, here's I- the other thing they need to think about also. You hear how, I mean, it's, it's on the news every day about the vaccinated and um, that everybody needs to get this vaccine, that it'll protect us. But what are they telling you? The Delta variant, okay? The vaccine doesn't protect against the Delta variant, right? They'll tell you that. Then why are you going to get this vaccine that's not going to do you any good for what we're dealing with right now? Why? Exactly. I mean, I, I have nothing against people that are vaccinated. If you want to get vaccinated, go for it. I am happy for you. That, that's how you feel. That's your decision. Absolutely. You feel it's best for you. But for some of us that absolutely cannot get vaccinated or choose not to for whatever reason, we shouldn't be made to feel like we're the problem. The problem is the political issues, the government and Fauci and different ones pushing these issues on the people that should not be forced into this. That's We're right. The president and the CDC, when they're saying it's the pandemic of the un- unvaccinated, I mean, that doesn't help. Right. Well, when you have a um, president say we're running out of patience and basically, yeah, that meaning, you know, 40 some percent of Americans. I mean, I've, I don't remember a time ever seeing a president in my lifetime do anything like that. And again, it shouldn't even be political. That's the other thing. This whole thing's been politicized to where it's like, you know, listen, I know vaccinated people on the right. I know unvaccinated people on the left. If people are making personal autonomous choices based on their own health, but the sad part is the bullying that's happening that's then ending up in them getting the vaccines when they didn't want them. And frankly, maybe they were people who didn't need them. If you're otherwise healthy, no comorbidities, you're not high risk. Let's remember to look at the facts about who this kills. What is it, 0.03% of people who contract it? I mean- so it's not like it's a death sentence if you get it. This ain't smallpox, America. This is a respiratory virus, okay? Like, that's the thing. It's just such a lack of, of logic. And that's what that's why we started the podcast. We need everybody to be thinking here and, and giving each other the freedom to choose for yourself. So can, I, that- can I say something, Holly? I'm sorry. I know you're trying to wrap it up, but I really wanted to make this point when we're talking about science and the policies and protocols and the meds that they're using. And it's really not about, uh, maybe there is this awesome benefit that we don't know that Actimra has really been helping people, but the fact that they would choose something like that drug, and I'm not just calling out that, just anything, and talk so much crap about something like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or whatever, um, straight on the FDA, I found this today, with the emergency use author, the authorization for Actimra, it says the data supporting this EUA for Actimra are based on four clinical trials four clinical trials. And they keep saying that ivermectin, that they have not done enough studies. There haven't been large enough groups and all the, okay? So four trials, okay? Listen to this. One of the trials, the recovery trial, this is all in the FDA and we will of course provide this. They, the primary endpoint evaluated death through 28 days of follow-up. 28 were estimated to be 30.7% for patients and receiving Actimra. 34.9% 34.9% for patients receiving usual care alone. 30.7% versus 34.9%. Another trial said the proportion of patients who required mechanical ventilation or died by day 28. This, they're looking at day 28, okay, y'all? These are people who are, I mean, so this is long-term. Um, 
or died by day 28 was estimated to be 12% for patients receiving Actimra and 19% for those receiving placebo. The next two trials, they both say, while there was no statistically significant difference observed in clinical status. Say okay? it again. Say it again. There was while no there were no statistically significant differences observed between the treatment groups. Okay, so these are four trials that they have used to have give the FDA emergency use authorization. Yet there are 60 plus trials with something like ivermectin. And I'm just saying that because I've seen a lot about that, but there's so many other meds out there that are being studied, maybe not by the FDA or CDC where there's a ton of money going into it, but there are scientists and uh, virologists and that truly care and are really trying to, they really care about the patients and they really want to treat people. Well, there's no money behind ivermectin. We've gone over this a hundred times, right? It is a, it's an age old drug now. There's no patent on it. Merck has the patent. It just came out this week that Merck has a new drug that's showing very strong efficacy against COVID. I can't wait to see that patent and see how similar that antiviral drug, remember that's what ivermectin is, how similar they are. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But I will just say that again, I think if we look at who the policymakers are, where their money is invested, where which pharmaceutical companies they have drug they have interest in, um, who's who's pulling the chains here, it's probably has something to do with, um, you know, I, I think we all need to know, I think there needs to be full disclosure about what government officials have invested in what drug companies. I think it would be probably enlightening if we could get that information. Okay, I know we gotta keep going here. So I want to also introduce you to someone who has also experienced the bullying of not being able to get the vaccine or choosing not to get the vaccine and then what unfolded for her. Someone who was on the front lines of COVID when it first got here, when we didn't know what this was, when we were all wiping down our groceries and wearing masks, some of you were wearing gloves and hazmat suits to the grocery store. We didn't know what this was, we didn't know. But this girl was going into the front lines to treat these patients. She was the hero, one of the many in 2020 who was just terminated for doing the same job she did in 2020. And so we're gonna let her tell your story. Amy, I mean, Kristen, I know that you got to know Angela first. I'm gonna let you introduce her a little more. Yeah, actually, Holly's awesome sister, Anna, is very well connected with a lot of people. And she sent um, your information to us, Angela. And um, I immediately wanted to reach out because I heard the video and we will definitely play this. Um, and I just felt it in, in my heart. Like it made me, it gave me, I have chills talking about it, but I gave, it gave me chills. It made me cry and it made me infuriated um, because you could feel the emotion and you just, you just think like, how is this happening? And how can they do this to these people? In the middle of a pandemic. Well, well, in the fact that she worked it the entire time, even before the vaccine was there. This is what's terrible is regardless of what your thoughts are on this, these people have been there. They've been putting their, their, their lives on the line this whole entire time, you know, not knowing if there was any protection at all for them except the mask that they wore for way too long. And we'll definitely let Angela tell us about that. But without further ado, we're going to introduce Angela from New York. Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, so I uh, was in the nursing homes from day one. I started this job about a week, a week and a half before COVID hit. Um, went into work that day thinking, well, they're not going to let us go into these nursing homes filled with COVID patients, but they did. And they said it was our job and we had no choice. And I did it. You know, I was scared, but I did it. Um, we had little to no PPE. Uh, I had the same N95 mask for four to six weeks at a time. Um, at one point, they did hand out these plastic goggles, but we only had to wear those for about two weeks. And on the nursing home units, each unit provided you with a gown, whether it was paper or plastic, and you had to wear that the entire time you were on the unit, regardless if you were going into a patient's uh, room that was vaccinated, I mean, um, COVID positive or not. So if I was treating someone with COVID, I still had that same gown on when I left that room and went into the next patient's room that did not have COVID. Um, so I got to see all of that. It didn't take long before I started to realize 
that the way they were handling this and the treatment of it wasn't proper. Um, things started slowing down. We were getting swabbed one to two times a week. We continued that. And then June, I think, June or July, they started talking about the mandates for us. And the end of July, we got an email. We received an email stating that as of August 16th, if you were unvaccinated, you had to wear goggles in the hospital. So not, not only did we have to wear goggles, but they gave us two weeks notice um, because apparently um, the unvaccinated people can contract the virus through their mucosal membranes in their eyeballs. Um, but the two week time frame, I guess I was safe. I'm not really sure what the- um, Make it make well, science. Because science. And the fact that they know that vaccinated people could still contract and spread it, yet they weren't required to wear goggles. So I, I mean, I had people that I talked to and I'm a very friendly person. I talked to everybody and anybody. I can make friends with somebody in an elevator. And I had people that I talked to every day for almost 20 months that wouldn't look at me, told me I was part of the problem, that I was um, a selfish person, uh, evil. I got called evil, evil several times. I'm thinking only of myself. I am not helping or aiding in herd immunity. Um, the and that's only because you were wearing the goggles, which is the sun. Right. I mean, that, right. They would never have known that. Right. They would never have known what your decision was. And it's not there. I mean, that is not, they don't need to know that. But the only reason they know is because you got those goggles on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So um, then it was mid-August. They told us it was going to be, I think September 27th was the last day. So we were allowed to enter medical and religious. I put in a religious exemption, which was uh, formulated by a lawyer. Uh, that was denied almost immediately. And they actually denied it twice because we have a, a case going on in New York state uh, for an injunction against the mandate. And then I got a note from my doctor. I have a clotting disorder. He wrote on there that I have a clotting disorder. I'm in the middle of a series of studies and the unknown side effect of the vaccines was clotting and it was not recommended that I receive this vaccination. I never even received a response. Those were due on September 3rd. I entered both via fax and email and received confirmation that they were received in both ways. Never even got an answer. Um, September 24th, all of the management in our healthcare system that were not vaccinated were terminated. All of these things that we're doing are fear tactics. Now, now you have people that aren't vaccinated that are regular employees that are not in management and they're freaking out because it, it's coming for us. It's coming for us. What do we do? You know, or someone has kids or a family to support. What else, what are the choices they have to do? And then it made it real when they fired management. It made it real for everybody else. So um, my boss told us that day that we had about four more weeks left about four weeks and not that this didn't apply to me because I hadn't received anything on my medical exemption. Three days later, the boss that you'll hear in the recording, Ray, he started making phone calls. I was already gone for the day um, and told them that their last day would be Friday. <laughs> and one of the three in my, in my department that wasn't vaccinated got vaccinated immediately. And the next day I went into work and had the conversation. And I mean, it, it was hard. I knew it was coming. I didn't know when it was gonna come, but it definitely didn't make things easier. What was the, what was the conversation? Do you mean like with your boss or? Uh, the recording that you guys have. Oh, okay. Cause I thought you said you went into your office. I, I thought you were with him, but then. I, I go into nursing homes in the morning. And okay. then I go to patients' homes for the sick, sick and elderly. That anybody that can't leave their homes, we would go and service them. Um, so when I was done for the day, I would then go back to the office and get myself ready for the next day's run. So you were at the office when he called, but you didn't even, you weren't like in the office with him. We knew, we know that he called you, but you were in your office. Okay. So that was what was, I was confused by that. I thought you were like at home, but you were at your office, but either way, he didn't come and talk to you. He just called you to do this. Holly, Correct. do you have that recording? Her computer's acting weird. Oh. So she wants us to, is this? Okay. 
No, no, I got it. You guys, sorry. You know what? It started, my computer started playing that podcast that actually Angela was just on out of the blue. So yeah. that, that, and I couldn't get it to stop. So thank God I was muted and you guys could just handle it. Um, I want to make sure that we pull up that Angela's thing. So hold tight. Here it is. Let's, uh, let's take a listen. Here with uh, Angela. Okay. So as long as she understands, uh, is, she has an assignment tomorrow. She doesn't want to do that. She can leave at the end of today. Give her a termination letter. She's on, give her. She's up here. I'm here, right? Here on speaker with me. Okay. So yeah. if, uh, if you're provided an assignment tomorrow and you don't feel you can do it, then you can leave at the end of today. Just leave Steve with your badge, new keys. Okay. And, and can you just let me know why I'm being terminated? Can I hear from your mouth why I'm being terminated? Sure, for non-compliance with New York State law. For what? For a refusal to get the vaccine. Okay, and how do you feel about telling people that their career is over and that they're no longer gonna have an income due to a forced vaccination? Did you fight for us? Did you fight for I, the people I who don't no, want the vaccination? I have, zero, I have zero say in this matter. You had zero say because nobody stood up and stuck up for us. That's why you had zero say. Nobody said anything, nobody fought for us. Every day last year, we were put into a situation we had no clue what we were getting ourselves into. And now we're being told we can't even have an income. And you want me to come to work 4,000 miles past. The oil changer cost me $130 with bald tires and no income. That's what you're telling me. That's what you're telling me. You're not going to engage because you're wrong. And you're not a man because you did this over the phone. You did this over the phone instead of telling people that worked through the entire pandemic. You told them over the phone. I mean, just, I mean, I've heard this several times now. Every time I hear it, I just, I, I, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're here and understand. I think everyone with any kind of logical, you know, ability to think critically understands that if there were if the risks were greater, if the vaccine was stronger, perhaps we could understand not even mandates, but we can understand the anger and the resistance to even hearing out someone's other side. But what's baffling, what is mind boggling to me is knowing what we know now, how Angela is treated this way. Angela, you mentioned in, to him, you said, I'm driving to work on bald tires. I had to hire a lawyer to formulate my request to get my exemption based on my health and my religious choices. And yet here you are losing that income. And you make an incredible point to this, to your, I guess, was this your boss? Is this your boss that you were talking um, about? I had, I had a supervisor and then the um, immediate boss. And then that was his boss. You know, when you said to him, you did you stand up for us? You know, we, we know this is what we want to encourage everyone to do. Stand up for what is true, what is right. And we can't keep going. You are not going to get compliance from people when you can't explain why compliance is needed. There's not been scientific evidence as of the recording of this that we any of us are aware of. And trust me, we dig deep. There's not scientific evidence that says that Angela's vaccination was going to save anyone's life other than maybe her. And I don't, I haven't seen evidence that says that the unvaccinated spread it more easily. Have you, Kristen, Amy? No. no. In fact, we've seen the contrary. In the opposite. We've seen the opposite. We've yet to see a study that says that unvaccinated spread it more easily. All we've seen is that the unvaccinated may be more likely to be hospitalized or die, but that's a person's choice to roll that dice, is it not? That vaccine is, no, is not protecting someone else. Even Fauci said for many, many months, when the, after the vaccines rolled out, he said, we do not know that this stops the spread. It might just help you get through the disease. Now, just recently, I want to ask you this, if you don't mind, Angela, because you, you said we could pretty much ask you anything. The religious exemption, um, mm -hmm. it just came out with the whistleblowers. I've gotten a lot of messages. The um, Veritas whistleblower, which indicated that Pfizer did not want the information out that aborted fetal cell lines. From, so 
aborted fetuses. We're using their cells to create vaccines. Guys, this is something that's been going on for a long time. This is not new. Most people didn't know that it existed. But there have been people who have objected to vaccines based on religious reasons. Pro-life people don't want to use something that was created and tested using aborted fetal cell lines. You can look this up. We're not making this up. It sounds insane, but it is true. And Pfizer admitted they did not want that information out there because they knew there would be objectors. And because of the way the laws are written, guys, in many states, including North Carolina, we have the religious exemption law, which means if you object to anything, you pretty much can get a pass based on the fact that it is, you know, it's against your religion. I had a friend who works in medicine and she filed a religious exemption just this last week or a couple, sorry, maybe last month, it was rejected this last week. She had to go back, and this was before the Pfizer whistleblower, but I said to her, if you want them to give you the religious exemption, I think you need to tell them why you object. You need to say, here's the evidence of aborted fetal cell lines. Then you need to say, here's, the, here's what my faith says about that. Therefore, I object. When she filed the second time with that reasoning, they did approve it. So I just wanted to ask you, how did your attorney encourage you to set that up? When you, um, I just had help writing it. Um, yeah. I did. I had listed all of the uh, fetuses that they actually used for the vaccinations. Which, if you read my exemption, it's pretty sad because they're not even names; they're numbers and letters. And those were once human beings, and regardless of how old they were. Um, so, I mean, that's there is no reasoning I mean I it was like a two-page <laughs> letter I mean I, I you were clear <laughs> I was extremely clear I put in I put in legal stuff I put in laws I stated laws everything it didn't matter yeah, yeah. I mean, were, it was a well put together it didn't matter they don't care um, my company that I work for actually um has commercials out I heard the first commercial I heard was uh two days before I was fired and it, they're literally advertising that they're going to have 100% vaccinated staff to treat people. That That's what they want to guarantee. That's their marketing tool. So um, I think regardless of what you put in, they were going to say no because they weren't accepting any religious exemptions. Um, and they were not, they clearly weren't accepting many medical either because... <laughs> I've got, um, I've, got two I've got two questions. One is just like putting this out there for all of our listeners and, you know, just to think, have you ever um, been forced to take a medicine that you knew you were allergic to or that you knew that you were allergic to an ingredient or that you've had that even people who've, I mean, it's always just been understood. Hey, if you're allergic to a flu vaccine, okay, you don't have to take it. Like, no, you've never been, you know, bullied or shamed for that. So it just, it blows my mind. Both of you, Heather and Angela, had legit medical conditions that literally, like it truly is a risk-benefit individual assessment there, okay? Mm -hmm. And then there are people like, I mean, me, I really, well, I do I actually have an autoimmune disease, which they really weren't included in those trials either. So I don't know. They're even saying they don't know long-term effects. Could this cause autoimmune issues? Could this exacerbate them? We don't know. The vaccine's only been around for like a little over a year, correct? So that's one thing. So just like, these are things you just have to think about, like when they are not honoring that at all, that is where I really think that a lot more people would have gotten vaccinated if they were more honest. And if they actually like were more sympathetic and understanding and acknowledged true medical issues that could be a problem and acknowledged natural immunity that you can yes. already that you already have okay my yes. second my second question to you angela was uh we also read about this too particularly in new york um when you got fired do you did they not give you any benefits too because no benefits because no. Like, like no unemployment nothing like that like there's nothing, nothing. nothing okay not a thing i actually um just posted screenshots of text messages from my boss um second or third week into the virus saying that I'm a soldier going right into infected rooms, patient uh, rooms of infected people without question. And then on the third, <laughs> the day the exemptions were due saying that basically your career in medical field will be over if you choose to not be vaccinated and you will not be receiving unemployment benefits. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. Well, Angela, what town or city, do you mind sharing like what region you would be willing to work in? Um, <laughs> well, ultimately I, I would like to leave New York, um, but I can't do that until I know my family is good here. Yeah. Um, I live on Long Island. I travel, I was traveling for work for the past almost five years. So traveling isn't an issue, but eventually yeah. relocation is the goal. And yeah. how do people follow you? Can you tell us your Instagram handle and face? I know I've, I follow you on Instagram. I haven't even looked on Facebook. It's munchkin underscore eight to eight, M-U-N-C-H-K-I-N underscore eight to eight. Okay. I put a lot of stuff up there. I have a couple more things. Um, I sent you a few of them you saw mm -hmm. um, that I'm going to share with the public. And I just feel that people really need to start speaking, whether they're vaccinated or not. People just need to talk to each other. Change is not going to happen without change. And, and, and people do need to stand up for their rights, not just for themselves, but for everybody else. And this is not a world that children should be growing up in. This is not a world that children should know. No, and well, speaking and of, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, I, I love that. I want to speak to anybody else listening to that. If you're in the situation like Angela or like Heather, when we talked to her, like so many people are so skeptical and so quick to like, just not believe what anybody says. So what's important, and we did, we only shared one of your videos or screen recordings is that you have a couple more, you have proof. And in order for people to even believe this these days is to record things, right? And I'm not trying to say, go try to get somebody in trouble, but if this is going on, the only way people listen is by doing that. But so you, I applaud you and your courage and your bravery and just sticking to your integrity and your own, you know, autonomy. And I know that's hard knowing that you have nothing, no income coming in now. And that, that should speak to a lot of people too. Right. People mm -hmm. aren't making these decisions lightly. They just mm -hmm. aren't, you know? No, there were 70,000 medical workers in New York state alone that were fired when, when, when Angela was like, right, Angela, am I wrong about that? Yes. Yeah. So there is 70,000 unemployed healthcare workers in New York state. The company I work for is 70% of New York state. And they're advertising that only 1400 people in their facilities across New York state were fired. No. Yeah. Which is not possible, not mathematically possible. No. And, and remember who they were talking about bringing in the National Guard. Those people are not required to have vaccinations. Not yet. So June 2022. June yeah. 2022. So you're going to, they're not even bringing in the National Guard, what they're doing. And if you go on any employment sites here, they're actually, um, the governor has okayed hiring unlicensed medical professionals. Um, and they are free of any legal recourse. Well, like vaccines and the government and the vaccine makers. Yeah. No, 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 Holly. They're no, they're no. hiring unlicensed people. I know that's what I'm saying though. What I'm saying oh, is oh, yes. there's okay. no legal recourse for okay. the unlicensed people. And yet again, no one cares about your I'm sorry, that's too broad of a stroke. <laughs> Who cares about our health and safety anymore? I like really want to know because well, you that's what it's like, this is not about our health. Can we no. just say it? this is not about our health case in point. I mean, you cannot make money off of healthy people. There you go. You say, and would you rather, I mean, are y'all, I mean, so they're really rather, they would rather put their lives in the hands of people who have no license, either mm -hmm. got their license taken away or they have not, you know, gone back to school. It could be people that like just may have their license lap lapsed. That's okay. But at the same point in time, you have no idea. You have no idea who is taking care of you. You'd rather have that. And if they, and if something happens, they don't get in trouble. If they do something mm -hmm. medical malpractice to you or your family member, you would rather have somebody who's not licensed and would not have any legal repercussions. Should they make a mistake taking care of your loved one? As long as they're vaccinated though, who cares? Right? And let me tell you, let me tell you, the climate was scary in the beginning. A lot of my patients had no idea what was going on and they were scared. And towards the end, like they all knew what was going on. They were asking me, they knew I wasn't vaccinated. They were more scared knowing I was leaving and not knowing what was going to happen to their health care and who was going to be treating them at the end that they were more scared now than they were last March.
Oh, and that just gave me that chills. Was, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing. And, 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 you know, my boss told me four weeks and I thought I had more time. And some of these patients, they've been following me for the past 15 years and I didn't even get to say goodbye to half of them. So, I, you know, I remember some of their addresses. I'll stop by and say hi and stuff. But, you know, it's, they weren't even called by our hospital. They were called by their, their doctor's offices were contacted and their doctor's offices contacted them. Mm. Well, here's, here's what we know. In the end, the truth comes to light and it comes to light to those who are willing to see it, to those who are willing to have their eyes open. Kristen, Amy, myself will all tell you that we have changed some of the things that we think, some of the things that we believe or our eyes are opened more and we don't, we no longer subscribe to any political ideologies. We, we hate partisan politics. We hate that everything's been politicized what we know is something is really, really wrong. Something is really, really off. The love of money truly is the root of all evil. That the power grab is, is real. We're watching it unfold. And if you are one of those people who thinks, well, if I just comply, what's the big deal? You don't understand. Think long-term. It, they're not going to take all your power at once. Nobody who's over you that has any sense whatsoever is going to try to take all power all at once. No, it's incremental. It's incremental. Take a little here, a little here, a little here. And again, if this was about a virus that killed most people or a whole lot, you know, and please know we know every death matters. God, I hate that I have to even qualify that. Okay. But the risk of dying of this disease is not high. So some of these the, the, the policies that it has, that has come from no longer make sense. Do they? What freedoms do we really have left if they take away our freedom of choice of our, over our own bodies? What freedom would be left after that? I mean, we, we, that, that's, well, that's the thing. If we're complying for this to be able okay. to live in society, um, you know, what's the end game? Because we all, like our last podcast we did last week, you know, the goalpost is going to keep moving. This is going to be a situation where if the vaccine efficacy is waning, then you're going to need a booster. And then all of a sudden you're going to need the third booster to be able to what, go to the movies and then a fourth and, and then, then a it's fifth, your kids and then it's your kids and, and never ends. When does it end? Well, look at Israel, Israel. Um, they're not even considered vaccinated until they get their third one now. Yeah. yeah and they had very high compliance. I mean, yeah. they, they were one of the most vaccinated countries. With one of the, the, first two, the first two doses just don't even matter anymore. Yeah. Y'all, I mean, it doesn't even matter. You're unvaccinated yeah. at that point. Yet they're trying to mandate the vaccine that they created last year. And they've already fully admitted in August that the vaccine was waning in effectiveness from 90 in the 90s to the 60s percentage wise. Okay. And they've admitted that it's not helping with transmission with the Delta variant which they keep saying that's the prevalent form. So why, why would you have to go do that? It's it, to me, it seems we've said it several Well, times. that's like going to get a flu shot for a 2018 flu shot. Like, would you, yeah, you that's guys, what I was gonna say. Yep. would y'all go get a flu shot that was made in 2017 or 18 for no. now? No, right, because it changes. No, I yeah. mean, here we are asking- well, here's the thing, questions. if you need a booster shot, a third shot, sorry, if you need a third shot, for this virus that has proven that even if you get these shots, you're still going to have a breakthrough case. I mean, look at the Aladdin uh, production in New York. Yes. Read about that. Okay. Yes. And then what's going to happen next year? You're going to need two or three more. And we all know if we take a flu vaccine that you can take the flu vaccine, but depending on what strain you get, because there are multiple strains that come throughout the year, you, it doesn't mean you're not going to get the flu. So you take a chance. So you got to decide whether taking the vaccine and taking the risk of what's in it and the side effects are worth it versus can your body fight off the other virus without the vaccine? We all have an immunity. And for those of us that are really healthy and take care of ourselves, we have a really good immunity. And with COVID, you have a 99% chance survival rate if you get it without the vaccine. Yep. So why do you need it? It's just, I mean, that's the question, right? That, and if you want it, go get it. We've always said this is not an anti-COVID vaccine podcast. This is a choose for yourself, think for yourself, make up your own mind podcast. Um, but girls, thank you for being on with us. We 
so appreciate you. We want to stay in touch with both of you as you navigate what's next. You both have platforms to continue speaking this truth, to continue helping empower others in your shoes to choose for themselves, whether they get it, great. And if they don't, great. It's about the freedom that we've championed as Americans that we got to make sure we're protecting um, right now because it's certainly under assault. Girls, thank y'all for being with us. Kristen, Amy. Thank you for having us. Thank y'all so, so much. Thanks. Have a good day. All right, we'll see you later. Bye, everybody.